Welcome back to Death Holler. I am. Hello and welcome back to Death Holler. I am the Reverend. Welcome back to Death Holler. I am the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me as always is my co-host, La. Sorry about that, folks. I think we may have escaped the time loop we were just experiencing. <laughs> This is Death Holler. I am the Reverend Dr. Death, and that's La Urena. This episode, uh, recording uh, during June, just so happens to fall in the middle of both of our birthdays. So we thought it would be fun to review a couple of birthday slashers. More specifically, Happy Death Day and its sequel, Happy Death Day to you. Uh, so get out the birthday cake and candles, put on your party hats, and let's celebrate these modern Groundhog Day-inspired horror comedies. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it if you could take the time to like, comment, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also, consider following us on social media. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod, and we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show. Happy Death Day 2017. <laughs> Tagline, get up, live your day, get killed again. Yeah. I mean, it goes <laughs> there, with the movie. Yeah, there, there's some other ones I'll get to in a minute. Uh, directed by Christopher Landon. Uh, written by Scott Lobdell. Uh, music by Bear McCreary. Made for a budget of $4.8 million U.S. million. Made a box office of oh. 125.5. Oh, my God. And spoiler alert, pretty well deserved. Yeah, it's it's. I love this fucking movie so much. I I, I was almost tempted to watch it yet again before we recorded. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched it again, but I mean, I was tempted to, right before we got on here to record to watch it again. Uh, backtracking just a little bit. Uh, no attack of the bees because I was going to do. I think it was like a Happy Birthday to Me or something was the name of it. it was the B movie from the eighties, uh, rated very poorly, and I couldn't find it for free to stream anywhere and i'm not about to pay for that shit so <laughs> sorry about that folks um don't get nicholas cage in this one so maybe next time uh anyways for happy death day uh we have principal players jessica roth who plays trail uh trey or tree, tree. actually tree gelbman uh who's our final girl aka that fine vagina <laughs> fine vagina <laughs> Uh, she was in the remake to Valley Girl. Hey, there's your Nicolas Cage connection. She was oh, in the remake God. to Valley Girl from 2020. That's, we can't uh, escape the it. Tri <laughs> the Tribe, and uh, she was in La La Land. 
Uh, we have Rob Mello playing John Toombs, who is our serial killer in the movie. Mm, one of them. Yeah. Uh, and a mascot slasher. He was in the Magnificent Seven remake from 2016, Friday the 13th, Ven- uh, Vengeance 2, Bloodlines, which is a fan film. Okay. Uh, that sounds really good. They actually got, uh, it continues the Tommy Jarvis saga, the one from part six, the, you know, when he brought, uh, Jason back to life from the, from the dead or whatever. It's that it's continuing on with some of the same actors. Actually. Okay. Which I think the hubs, I want to say he's seen it and he's like very well done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like it was, I'm, I think I might possibly watch it whenever we finish up the Friday movies in October. Uh, we have a ghost from 2023 and a movie called Crazy Lake. We have Ruby Modine playing Lori Spangler, who is the vindictive roommate slasher. Spoiler alert. Um, big twist in the movie at that point, whenever that's figured out. Uh, she was in Satanic Panic, which we have covered in a previous season. Uh, Fear from 2023, uh, Central Park, Wrong Turn 2021, and she's actually uh, done the soundtrack for a few different movies because she's actually a musician in addition to being an actress. Wow. So multi-talented, Ruby Modine. Uh, Israel Broussard plays Carter Davis. Uh, One night stand question mark turned boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, He He made it, folks. He did it. (laughs) (laughs) He claims nothing happened in that one night stand, but mm, was he wanting something to happen? Oh, 100%. Yeah, uh, especially the Carter from Dimension 2, but we'll get into that in the next movie. (laughs) Uh, He was in Fear of the Walking Dead, a couple episodes of that, uh, Extinction, and Into the Dark in that one episode of that television show. We have Jason Bell, who plays David uh, Gelbman, who is Tree's estranged father. Uh, he was in Jeepers Creepers 3. Uh, Madre uh, has small uh, TV appearances, including American Horror Story and The Purge. Um, uh, Fai Vu, uh, or Fee, I don't know how you really pronounce that, plays Ryan Fan, uh, Carter's roommate. Um, has a little bit more of a description in the second movie, but yeah. this one he basically just walks in on the two of them at multiple points and uh, proudly <laughs> proclaims the the fine vagina multiple times. Yes, yes. Uh, Tran Tran plays Emily, the Asian sorority sister who likes her music sitting outside the building every mm-hmm. time that Tree responds. Uh, Caleb Spilliards plays Tim Bauer, Tree's sexually confused ex. <laughs> he's actually a stuntman now he has been on several big uh high profile marvel movies wow things. i mean he's definitely got the body yeah uh, that's for sure uh blaine kern the, the third plays nick sims daniel's boyfriend and tree's almost side piece uh rachel matthews plays daniel danielle uh boosman who plays tree's bitchy friend if you want to call her that and the head of the sorority Oof. Uh, Carrie Ella Smith plays Becky Shepard, who's the bullied sorority sister. Charles Aitken plays Dr. Gregory but- Butler, uh, Bayfield physician and Tree's professor slash affair partner. Yeah. Uh, he was an episode of uh, Sleepy Hollow, the TV series. I liked that series a little bit. Did you watch it? I liked the first season. The second yeah. season started out well, but then it went dumb. Like, it, okay. they, I didn't like how they, I didn't like how they, progress the lore in that show is what happened with it uh jimmy gonzalez plays the police officer who's guarding uh 
Mr. Toomes in the hospital, and Donna Duplantieri uh, plays hospital receptionist who keeps getting killed by Toomes in the hospital. Synopsis. After waking up with a hangover from presumed one-night stand, sorority girl Tree Gelbman proceeds to have the worst birthdays plural of her life not after night she is stalked and then killed by someone wearing a mask of the creepy school mascot to make matters worse every time she comes back tree is getting weaker will she be able to solve her own murder before it's too late ex-boyfriends come to terms with her sexuality danielle's an insufferable bitch and tree comes to terms with her own bad karma uh bill murray never had it <laughs> this tough in groundhog day i would say that i mean like just to throw it out there, I would say that Sam Winchester had it pretty bad. Uh, I feel like this is like a movie version of that episode yeah. of, of, of Supernatural. Yeah, it's yes. same concept because no matter when they die, they always come back to heat of the moment playing on the oh, yes. clock radio. Oh, I should have played that. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, also, was that, what was that one? The French Mistake? Is that what it was called? I thought the French, well, it could have been. I thought the French mistake was the one where they came into our reality where they were actors. Oh, yes, yes, I, yes. That was the French mistake. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm not there right now. <laughs> uh, body count in this movie is a respectable 20. Ooh, but are we counting what's her name over, over, and over again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tree is uh, stabbed in the head with a knife the first time. Uh, then Nick is stabbed at least eight times with a knife before Tree is stabbed with a broken bong. Uh, Tree is killed a third time when she's stabbed with a knife through the door. Uh, she's killed a fourth time when she's stabbed in the gut with a knife. Killed a fifth time when she's drowned in the fountain. Killed a sixth time when she's hit by a bus. That's kind of her own fault on that one. Yeah. Uh, Danielle was hit by a bus at mm -hmm. that same exact moment. Uh, Becky is hit in the head with a baseball bat. <sighs> Uh, Tree is hit in the head with a baseball bat shortly thereafter. Uh, Dr. Gregory Butler is stabbed in the back with a knife. And the police officer is hit by uh, a police officer is hit by a car going super fast. Um, he literally explodes right in front of Tree. And then Tree is shortly killed thereafter when the whole car explodes. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the police officer in the hospital is stabbed in the back with a knife. Hospital reception is just shot in the chest. Carter has his neck snapped by John Toombs tree in the first real sacrificial death in the movie when she's making her turn to a good person has her neck broken from hanging uh so she can reset the timeline so carter doesn't die uh john tombs is then shot in the chest three times by tree when she has her perfect day uh and then that night tree dies for the 10th time because she realizes somebody else is the fucking killer the entire time yeah uh she eats the poison cupcake and then dies in her sleep and then Lori is finally ousted as the real killer in the movie, and she kicked out a window, and her head explodes on the pavement. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, other taglines for this movie: "Make every death count." Okay, I like that because there's a lot. There's a lot of counts, you know. Yep. Uh, worst birthday ever. True story. Exclamation mark. Unlimited amount of lives. Unlimited amount of chances to find the killer. That is not true. <laughs> it's no, not technically. She's not, un, it's not unlimited. They established that in the movie. Uh, die dot repeat. <laughs> uh, there's another, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there is a, uh, 
uh, Tom Cruise movie. It's a sci-fi movie where it's called Live, Live, Die, Repeat, I believe is the name of it. Uh, that wasn't the first name that they came up with for it, though, or it's not its official name, but it's, it's a Groundhog Day scenario where he has to learn how to perfectly get rid of these aliens by reliving the same day as he's dying over and over again. Um, how will you die? Question mark is another, uh, tagline. And then finally find your killer or die trying. That's not too bad. That kind of describes the movie pretty well. Yeah. That's like, that's exactly what happens. (laughs) Uh, quotes from tree Gelbman to Tim who takes their date to a subway. Besides, it's not like you have a foot long. Ooh, that's (laughs) wrong. Okay. This just goes to show. Okay. The, the the there's a moral story to this is that quit being an asshole. Uh, she's a very bad person at the beginning of the film. She she is she, she is, is literally killed into humbleness multiple times uh, and ha- has to come to that realization. Uh, but spoiler alert: she didn't technically have to to get over this time loop. She just had to find her killer. Is she? Te- but along the way, she yes. discovered herself is what it amounts to. Yeah, like you're gonna um, die an I'm- asshole. I'll talk about that more when we discuss the movie, but that's my favorite part of the movie, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Tree Gelbman again. Tim, I know you're really not into girls, but it's okay. Love is love. Now go out there and get yourself a fine piece of man ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tree Gelbman to her father. It's been so much worse. All this running and hiding has made me so miserable. And I think I finally figured it out. I mean, it took something like totally crazy, but but I'm here and I love you. And I'm so, so sorry that I hurt you. I put that in there because that is the moment on her perfect day when she becomes the person that you're rooting for in the movie. On like, this you perfect know. day. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, that was very emotional. I was, I was getting, I was getting a little teary eyed. Not going to lie. Uh, they did that to me twice in this series oh. because the that scene with her dad, and then when she goes to Dimension Two and she meets her fa- Ugh, her mother, mother. again yes. in the other reality. Uh, I have a spoiler alert for the second one. I didn't make it all the way through. Okay, but uh, this podcast is interrupting my my viewing of it. So, but yes, I do know that she meets her mother. So I made it far enough to kind of get the gist of what's going on. So, okay. just a heads up um, there. Are you going to be okay with the spoilers? When oh, we get to hell that? yeah. <laughs> okay. I Okay, I almost gave myself spoilers on this one because I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if I need to see a doctor, but <laughs> I have Dr. Death here, but I keep um, I keep taking micro naps. <laughs> like, I am super, like, I don't know why I'm tired. In this movie, FYI, not boring. This is not a snooze fest movie. So I no. keep getting super tired, and I'm like, well, if I just if I just give myself a spoiler, I'll know what's going on. Nope. I fucking pushed through it, and it was fucking <laughs> worth it. I did not get any spoilers on this one. But, yes, I'm going to need spoilers on the next one because I'm still – after we get out of here, I am going to watch finish watching it because it's so fucking good. It is. Um, I'm going to say this. I'm the same way with you usually when I get off work that I can't make it through these movies, and I have to sit through you know two sessions to get through the okay. movie like – half and half i didn't have to do that with this movie whatsoever like i was watching it again and i'm like damn i love this movie i'm just yeah. gonna watch the whole thing i'm very embarrassed that well actually no because i made it through uh i almost didn't make it through though i had to do quite a few things i couldn't definitely couldn't lay down i had to get up a few times to kind of like you know just refresh but i made it through because i was fucking determined so <laughs> 
uh, we have uh, Daniel Bousman. I just knew there was something wrong with Lori. She never wore makeup. <laughs> she this. never posted any cute selfies. And she literally owned a pair of Crocs. All the signs of a psycho killer would. And then she turns around angrily to Emmy. Hello, I'm trying to get interviewed here. Uh, and then as they go away, uh, Tree is watching this on a TV. Oh, my God, she is such a tool. And then, Danielle, it goes back to her on the TV. Anywho, Lori's little plot was super lame. Poisoning a cupcake? Really? We're Kappas. We don't eat cupcakes. Is this local or national? <laughs> <laughs> she did that so good. She's really good at that part. Uh, it's funny. Most of her movies she's in are, are comedies, so okay. that kind of makes sense. Uh, Lori Spangler, or Spangler, what I really want to know is, how did you figure it out? And then Tree was like, because you've killed me before. And then Lori was like, well, then I guess I'm going to have to just have to do it again. Didn't even fucking <laughs> hesitate. Like, didn't even stop to think, that's fucking crazy. It's just like, well, okay, well, here we go again. Like, bitch, yeah, you crazy. Just going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, I have to put some in here from Ryan. Uh, I'm not sleeping in my car again. It smells like hot pockets and feet. That was disgusting. <laughs> I could totally smell. When he said it, I could smell it. Yeah. you. If you've been, especially if you've ever been to college, you're like, I probably lived that life. Sorry. It's kind of gross. Well, every boy's room, every teenage boy's room smells like feet. And these kids aren't far out of their teens, if they're even out of their teens at this point. Uh, Oh, I didn't put this in the Death Holler Awards, but let's discuss it. So as far as the uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, you know, fellow kids award, I feel like they did a pretty good job of getting people who looked reasonably 20 year old or, yes. or that, to get playing this right movie. around that age. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lori Spangler, look, Tree, it's none of my business, but I think something like this is bound to have some pretty serious consequences. And then Tree responds, smiling sweetly, you're right, it is none of your business. That's when she was in her bitch phase. Yes, and and she she was going to go blow the doctor. Yeah, and that was the whole thing because Lori was wanting to blow the doctor and didn't like the fact that Tree was getting a piece of that action. So Yeah. Uh, Danielle again, whatever, clumsy hose. I better see you at the meeting today. And then while they're struggling in the room, uh, Tree suddenly notices the poison cupcake a few inches for her and she tries to reach it. And then Lori screams back, we'll be there. Tree punches Lori in her throat. Lori lets go of her gasping for air. And then Tree's like furiously says, eat it, bitch. <laughs> this is all through the door yes. while this is you know going on. And there's they're fighting back and forth. I'm not going to read all this. But then finally... Um, uh, Danielle's knocks on the door. What are you losers doing in there? And then Tree Gelman mumbles, Lori ate my cupcake. Yeah. Which sounds really bad whenever you get the context of it. Yeah. So I, <laughs> the, the only thing I regret about the scene is that we didn't get to see her reaction through the door. Yeah. Well, you're, you're talking about like uh, Danielle's, like she's sitting there and she hears all this. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. Uh, I had to throw this in there uh, between Carter and Tree. Uh, hey, you know your little scenario. You know what your little scenario reminds <laughs> me of. He's like, "What? Uh, what's that? Groundhog Day, the movie Groundhog Day." And she shakes her head. I don't know. With Bill Murray, and she's like, "Who's Bill Murray?" And he's like, "Are you kidding me? Ghostbusters?" She shrugs. Sorry, I, I don't know. And he's like, "How do you sleep at night? You've never even seen Groundhog Day." And she's like, "Nope." <laughs> Which I mean. Love it because yes, this film is a total rip of Groundhog's Day, and it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's just a good teenager way of being like, nope, don't know what you're talking about. Never heard no. of them. 
Yeah, it's 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 basically the it's a stand-in for the director saying and the writer saying, I don't know, maybe it is, but I've never seen you know, but they have. They yeah, have absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> getting in the discussion for the movie, uh, visually, um, have nothing to complain about. No. They do a very good job in this movie. I mean, and it looks amazing on in 4K. Like I got that oh, recently yeah. as an upgrade, and it looks really good. That's so. how I watched it today, allegedly, but it was streamed 4K. And I don't know. Say what you will. There's definitely a difference. Yeah, it, it, I think it downgrades a little bit. It's more like 2K at best, but still. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's good enough source that it looks good. Uh, what do you think about the killer, the baby-faced mascot killer? Uh, well, I mean. It- <laughs> We talked about this because we talked about, you know, uh, my bloody Valentine. Well, not my bloody Valentine, but it was it. Is it my bloody Valentine or which one had the baby face? Uh, That was Valentine. Oh, Valentine. Cupid face. Yeah, we talked about that. But that was not Blumhouse, was it? Uh, No, I don't believe it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. We talked about it. It it fucking works. I think it was more funny that the, the college was like the Bayview Babies. Yeah. Like that was their mascot. And I'm like. I think they call it out in the second movie. It's like, why the fuck do we have a creepy baby as our mascot to begin with? I think Ryan says that in the second movie. Yeah. Like at the beginning of it at the ball game that they're at. So Yeah, um I, I think it fucking works. So I it's kinda like it's just there, so it's convenient, you know? Yeah. Um the deaths all look pretty I mean, a lot of the deaths are just stabbings, but and you know, gunshots, but the, the explosion was really well done. Oh my god. The explosion was probably definitely the best looking because we actually got to see it. Because if you think about it, yes, she's dying, and yes, we technically see it. You don't get a lot of gore, but there's a reason for that. It's because she fucking wakes up. Yeah. And she, I think it works. Yeah, it really works because it stays with her. And I mean, and like it's, you're staying in her per, I mean, so you, and which makes sense for the movie because I mean, she keeps respawning. So it's like, you know, there, when she dies, there's no reason to linger on the death scene because it's right back to tree and she's reliving the same fucking day again. Yeah. Uh, I think that that probably saved them a lot of money in their budget. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit actually. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things like something you got to give them. This is visually, I, I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure well, it's a, probably the same people who are in charge of keeping like, you know, consistent, like looks on set and making sure that makeup is the same from scene to scene and, and hair and all that. But I always got to give credit in these groundhog day scenarios to how they keep the same exact fucking setup for the same exact scene over and but with different slight variances in it. You know, yeah. when she's walking, what I'm talking about, when she walks out on the campus and it's the same group of people doing the same thing, but slightly different because how she interacts with them is slightly different. And yeah. like, it, visually they kept it i mean it's like you're with her it's like oh my god this same exact shit again like you know it's but i mean it's it's it takes a lot of work to pull that off so i mean yeah and it, if you're thinking about it a lot of these are pretty much kind of just well they're not extras but they are yeah like especially the guys who are like the fraternity that are hazing the guy or whatever like they have such minor parts in the movie yeah like, that you know uh, I mean, they're like you, you could say that the one girl who's trying to get her to sign up for save the world or whatever, she's kind of an actress. Yeah. She at least has a speaking part, but, and, and those two couple that get sprayed with a sprinkler, they're just basically extras. Yeah. I mean, 
they don't really do much of anything else. A goth guy. I mean, like towards the end, she's interacting with him a little more when she's snarling at him, or or she grabs his glasses yeah. on her perfect day and like just wearing them. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. So um, he killed it too. <laughs> yeah, if you watch in some of those scenes, I love it too because like if it pans like the very first time, like he's sitting there and he he, I mean, he really sizes her up after she walks past him. I mean, he he like takes his sweet time. Like, oh yeah, all right, there there's her ass. Like, yeah, she that's not too bad, you know. Like he he really it gets into his part. So yeah, I think what worked specifically with the fact that they had to redo the same scenes over and over again is that you're focusing on the main character. And what they did with her is they made her hair look perfectly tousled so that when she woke up, literally, I was looking for the difference. It doesn't matter. She's waking up, you know. They had her makeup perfectly smeared under her eyes. Uh, We don't wake up like that, by the way. We wake up looking like the goddamn Walking Dead. Um, (laughs) So very cute of this movie to try to make it look like, oh, yeah, just a little smeared. No. That's not what happens. Our face is a different color. You could see our freckles or our, you know, discolorations. Uh, make a lipstick is smeared all over, like we've been sucking a fat one all night. And <laughs> but they did a good job with her eyes, though. Sometimes they were a little, a little more than others, is what I noticed. Yeah, but it. it- that kind of tied into how she died a little bit too. Like yeah. However, she died when she comes back because, like, the scene where she comes back after she's like drowned and she's like coughing up. Yeah, the, it's water. You know, the water, you know. So. Yeah. Um. Speaking of that, like the night scenes, like that very first time she dies when oh she goes God. down into that like tunnel. Yeah. I, mean, very, I love the way it was lit, like the little like blinking, you know, yeah. uh, caution lights or whatever, you know that it. It was just perfect for that scene, and it was even kind of creepy though with the music playing, and mm-hmm. she's there by herself. And I mean, it, it gets into the comedy later because she kind of gets fed up with the killer and wants to figure out who it is. But yeah, that, that was a good way to introduce all of that. Oh, the second time she was over, she's like, "Yeah, fuck this shit." Like she got <laughs> smart real fast. It's this is one of those movies where I mean, yeah, she still pays her price. You know, she still pays the toll. But yeah, she um, by the second time, I expected her to go and look at that little carousel or that little birthday thing again, and she didn't. She's like, "Nah, fuck this. I'm good." Yeah, and that's one thing I love about this movie is that it doesn't treat it, her at least. Well, actually, it doesn't even treat Carter as an idiot. Like, because no. I mean, it 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 takes its characters seriously, and it like you know, and it's like okay, uh, this is kind of an unbelievable scenario. But we're going to ground it in characters that actually have some sense, yeah, so that it you know kind of makes it a little bit easier to to deal with that way. Yeah, um, God, she she was a, she, visually she was a very gorgeous actress. I think yes. she, it worked really well with everything she was fucking going through. Um, speaking of that, going into the story, uh, that's why I fucking love this movie is because I, I, this is, she has the best character arc of probably, I, I know of any character that we've covered this season, but for sure, um, I mean, it's, I want to say of any of most horror characters in general. Like, I mean, most horror movies, you, you know, you don't really get, like, I mean, outside of maybe Scream, because they did bring Sydney back enough to kind of get some of her PTSD and all that. Yeah. Tree in one movie is given better, like, development than probably any other horror, you know, uh, actor, uh, period. Yeah, it's continually progressing, and 
you start to feel the same like desperation and exhaustion that she's feeling, you know, like trying to get to the end of, okay, what's going on or figuring out what's going on. And there's little things that I love about in the movie too, because she, her interactions, even though they're different because they have to be because Carter resets every day. She finds out little things about him along the way, how chivalrous he is, how he actually cares about her. And it's like, and she starts becoming more friendly to him when she wakes up because Mm -hmm. she knows he's a better person than what she originally assumed he was, you know, to to begin with. Yeah, I thought for a minute he was going to be the killer. <laughs> I was like, oh, she, he's he's because she's going to find out it's him. Did you see the way she looked at him when she found out they didn't sleep together? Uh, I'm trying to remember because the the thing that stands out in my mind is the look she gives him whenever he said whenever they first are there together in the room and he says, oh no, we you know we didn't do anything. I slept in this other bed. And, you know, and then, like, she, uh, and then, like, when Ryan, like, this is the very first time she wakes up, and Ryan, like, calls her that fine vagina, she looks back, and she's like, really? Like, you didn't have any idea that you were going to do anything to get, like, it's the bitchiest, like, most oh, yeah. awful, horrendous look she gives him. But I don't remember the look she gives him whenever it's, what does she look like whenever she he tells her that they didn't actually sleep together? I think it's the time that she finally gives in, and as soon as she wakes up, she hugs him and says, help me. And I think they're sitting down, and they're kind of talking it out. And then it's at that point she finds out that they didn't do anything. And I forget, they're sitting at a table, but I'm not sure where, if it's at, like, the college or something. And uh, she looks at him, and she looks like she wants to do him just for the fact that they didn't do anything. It was like the, oh, my God, like, you had a perfect opportunity, and instead you were a perfect gentleman, you know? Yeah. Almost the opposite of the look that she gave Nick, which is another thing I like. I mean, because it, it's so much storytelling without giving anything <laughs> away. Like, they had mentioned that her and Nick had, like, somebody mentioned to her, it might have been Lori, I, I can't remember who now, says, oh, yeah, you had your tongue down. It Nick's was Lori. Right in front of Lori. Yeah. Or right in front of Danielle. And then, uh, but, like, whenever she meets Danielle and Nick at the party, like, she's totally, like, the look she gives him is like, yeah, I would throw a fuck your way. Like, I mean, that's before oh, she yeah. becomes a better person. Yeah. But, like, right in front of Danielle, she's oh, kind of flaunting yeah. it. And, like, it, it, I mean, it's just a look, but it establishes, like, everything between those two characters. Like, Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I know that Danielle's a bitch, but yeah, like, you guys almost deserve each other. Well, but they give a reason for Tree acting the way she does with the fact that her mother died, and, like, she just spiraled after that. Like, yeah. her, her life went in the shit mode after her mother passed away. Uh, doesn't really say why her mother died, I don't think, in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just kind of, I thought maybe she was, oh, wait, she was one of the murder victims by, what's his name? Oh, Tombs. I didn't realize that. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's a good tie-in. I didn't even, I I miss that every fucking time I watch it. Wow. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't really matter to the point of the story. It's just like she's, you know, I mean. It's the it's the catalyst for why she's a terrible person. Like yeah. she just spiraled out whenever her mom and like and the fact that she doesn't even like acknowledge her dad. Like in that he's like that's her his entire world is her. Like it's pretty bad to start out with, but then she that's what I love about the movie. She progresses and she gets better and better. And when she has that perfect day, it's like 
I'm, I'm almost mad at the people who made the movie on that because like she has that perfect day. She sets every wrong to right. She does everything possible to like patch up every relationship she had. <laughs> and then she dies because of the goddamn cupcake. Yeah. Which is funny because I thought she was going to return to being a bitch after that because she kind of just she, at this point, she's in panic mode. Yeah, she's like, I did everything. What am I supposed to fucking do? It's like, I, you know, I, I did what karma told me to do, and here I am, and I'm repeating this day again. Uh, I want to roll back real quick to uh, the night scene. Uh, you were talking about the first, well, basically the first death scene, and there was technically two because it was two of her walking almost down that alley in the dark. The night scenes were amazing. Yeah, they were lit just enough. They they were dark enough on the the perimeters to make you think it was not, but lit well enough on her that you saw everything you needed to oh, see. Oh yeah, literally. It was it was yeah. I don't know. I was like, "Holy crap, this has got to be some of the best night scenes I've seen in a movie." And we've seen a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, we have and and I mean, that's that's something else that stood out about this movie. I mean, it's just it's well done from the top to the bottom. I mean, when it comes to that, um, even like the uh, daytime scenes, it has. I mean, some of those scenes has kind of like that, uh, like perfect uh, what what golden time look that they talk about in movies. Whenever the sun's setting and it's kind of like the golden light, you know, uh, shine upon everything. There on her perfect day, they got a lot of that going on to symbolize like it's like you know her best life that day. You know, yeah. Um, I can't remember. Is this the one or is it part one and part two blend together for a very good reason when we'll get into it when we get part two? Is this one where, where she gets totally fucking just uh, fed up that she goes stark naked through the yes. uh, quad or whatever? Okay. And they were playing uh, <laughs> a song was called uh, Confident. Uh, it went really well. It was a Demi Lovato song. Yeah. So, you know. Um, That's something else. I mean, we're skipping ahead to music. The music is on point. Music. Oh, my God. The music's yeah. amazing for this movie. I love, well, because they had two very popular songs, which was the uh, Confident by Demi Lovato. And then they had that song at the end. Um, I think it's called High by Sly. Sly something. I don't know. I love the song. I've heard it many times. And I was like, oh, my God. This is like, this is a really good soundtrack. I wonder what else is in it. Yeah, uh, there's a song that I like even more from the second one. It's a Paramore, Paramore song that plays during one of the best scenes in both movies, uh, and that plays in the second movie. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, story-wise, I, I just love, like, I'm going to say this right now. I said that uh, Nancy Thompson is probably the best final girl just because of her, you know, how she was portrayed and everything. Yeah. Tree is my favorite final girl just because she starts as such a, terrible bitchy like awful person and becomes a fucking hero by the end of this fucking movie yeah and i mean and it gets even better in the second one because like she keeps progressing as a person like i mean she has all the right in the world in the second movie to give up on the first dimension that she came from where her mom was dead and just go and uh, remain in the second dimension uh, just to, to keep her mom around, even though it's not technically her mom, it's her, you know, parallel universe version's mom. But she chooses to go back to the main reality anyways because she realizes that she all the shit that she went through made her a different, she's a different person and that she's taking away from the tree that was from that reality, if, you know, if she doesn't go back and and, you know, swap places with her. So it's like she does the honorable thing and goes back even though she doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, 
acting in the movie, uh, Jessica Roth is fucking amazing oh, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she definitely carries the film, and I know she's been in a few other films, but this is a lead role, and I don't know if she's played a lead elsewhere, but um, she killed it. Uh, she didn't play a lead in La La Land, I can tell you that much. She was like a one of the roommates to uh, Emma Stone or whatever, so that's all she had in that entire fucking movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, but she kills it in this one. And there's a reason that the, the director, uh, Landon came back and, you know, wanted to do a trilogy with her because I mean, she's got the chops. Um, uh, Israel Brazard is Carter. He plays, I mean, the lovable, you know, kind of guy that you root for with, you know, uh, for, I mean, it's boyfriend for tree. So he yeah. does his job and Danielle, I, I give her props because you literally hate Danielle's. Oh yeah. Uh, the actress plays Danielle. You hate that character, but you're supposed to, I mean, she does a good job in it. Uh, does an even better job in part two because she's playing a different version of Danielle, still a schemer, but for in a different way. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, I don't know if there, I don't really think there's any, I, even Ruby plays a good, like just pissed off roommate that's just fed up with tree shit. Like, I mean, you, you, you know, I don't, I, I don't know of anybody in this movie that really, I mean, other than the side characters like that secure, the police officer who's watching over tombs and then like the nurse that kind of, they're just, they're kind of there, but they're not supposed to be main actors anyway. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. Uh, anything you have to say about acting in general about the movie? No, everyone played their part and they played it well. There wasn't anybody that stood out to me because here's the thing. In terms of standing out, obviously it's Tree. You know, it's it's centered around her. But sometimes a bad actor can stand out and you're like, whoa, wait a second. We've got all this great acting going on and then we got this fucking piece of shit over here. And that didn't happen. So kudos to the director is what I'm thinking. I mean, the actors, definitely. I don't want to give the director all the credit, but holy shit, man, whatever was going on on this film set worked. And that's the thing that I think why I was disappointed with Freaky, because it's the same director who did, you know, the one with Vince Vaughn and, you know, the actress, uh, Catherine Newton, uh, who, you know, swapped parts. Catherine Newton is is no Jessica Roth. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Even though they both had their scene with the uh, tied back hair and the leather jacket, because Blumhouse loves their blondes with ponytails and leather jackets. <laughs> um, that's something else that we should give this movie credit for. I mean, you could say it had a woke moment in a sense because it had the whole, you know, he come out as gay like her ex or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of non woke stuff in this movie, and I and I, I love it. It came the year it came out in 2017 was maybe not as woke as it is now, but I mean it was getting there, and they refused to bow to that shit. I no. mean they had a traditional boyfriend for Tree. Uh, Tree is, I mean, like you know, she it's like she realizes that you know like basic you know human empathy and like stuff like that i mean it wasn't all about her like it was the opposite of narcissism which i feel a lot of woke stuff's all about it's like i don't feel represented it's like well tree doesn't want to be represented she just wants to be you know a better person be better than she was so yeah it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a refreshing movie given how close it was to today's like bullshit basically um again we covered the music i i think it's great good pop selection in the movie. Um, it's going to be really quick to wrap this one up because I don't have a whole lot of trivia. Is there anything else you want to say about the movie? Otherwise, I mean, I fucking love it. I mean, um, I've watched it so many times. Yeah, there's, I mean, Blumhouse, I hate to say, does it disappoint you that Blumhouse seems to be really amazing at horror comedies? And not to, like, 
it's I tend to I feel like I'm liking them more than I'm liking some of their horror films. They're really hit and miss with their horror films, but yeah. they really hit with their horror comedies. They hit so with the horror the comedies. Reason. Yeah, I like this is, okay, we just talked about this last episode for Friday the 13th, well, the 2010, excuse me, not the 2010, the the new nightmare. That is one of the few added to my rewatch list. This is on my rewatch list. I'm pretty sure Freaky is on my rewatch list. Yeah, I mean, and I like Freaky for what it is, and I'll rewatch mm. it. It's just this movie. Oh I mean, yeah, not not in day. I'll watch it more often. I just love this fucking movie so much. It definitely pales in comparison, but they're both good in their own way. They both yeah. have their own things. I mean, Freaky's got Vince Vaughn. You know, he's the standout in that yeah. movie. And they and the director talked about if these movies, if they had, if he'd been able to, and it doesn't look like he's going to. We'll discuss that probably at the end of all of this. Uh, he wanted to make, first of all, a trilogy to wrap this up, but he also wanted Tree and uh, I don't even know. It might have been Vince Vaughn's character come back, but at least Catherine Newton's character from that from Freaky to meet. He wanted tr- the two main leads to meet and, like, have a movie together. Oh, that which, which might be kind of cool. That would interesting. Interesting, but, like, poor Catherine because... <laughs> She's not a good actress. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I always kind of blame the director, um... But I guess it just goes to show there's only so much you could do. But at what point do you – then why is she in the movie if you can't direct her? Yeah, it's – I mean, they always say, well, the best person got the job. And it's like, really? That's the best you could do? I mean, uh, even if it's the director – I mean, because if you have a whole movie where one person is the absolute worst actor or actress in it, but everybody else did great. You can't really say that the director is the one that failed to do his job at that point. I mean, cause he obviously got something out of everybody else. You just hired the wrong person for that role at that point. Yeah. Because let's think about it. Freaky was in 2020. Yeah. It was kind of hard to probably kind of hard. 2019, I guess is when they started filming it. They released it. November 2020, so it was probably filming part of 2020 COVID, too. So that might have been difficult. But even that being said, we've seen Catherine Newton in other... We've seen her in television. Uh, It's about the same. Yeah, and she wasn't that big in Supernatural that we were like, oh, hey, it's that chick from Supernatural. She wasn't, but to to her benefit and to her detriment, she was amongst other actresses in that, uh, I can't, what was they going to call that? Bloodlines? Uh, way, the wayward, the oh, wayward, wayward sisters. sisters. Oh God. Yeah. That's so that embarrassing of, that the, that failed before it, it, it even started. That group of girls that were in that, the wayward sisters, uh, were worse than Catherine. She stood out amongst them, Yeah, which is a good thing for her, but that also doesn't mean that she's a good actress. She was just around some like, yeah. home, like TV actresses Ugh. and, she stood out, so. Yeah, Blumhouse over here killing it in the game with the fucking <laughs> horror, horror comedy, which b- apparently is my jam. I mean, I've always liked horror comedy, you know. I know I know people who don't like them on principle, and I, and I don't understand that because, to me, they mix the best. I mean, even if they don't hit the right, there are some horror comedies that hit both of the different genres perfectly. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll always defend Shaun of the Dead as being the perfect horror oh, yeah. comedy because it's got the comedy for damn sure. Oh yeah, but it but it has the horror in it. Like it the does. zombies are no joke in that movie. I don't like so. it. Yeah, I don't like the zombies. <laughs> 
this one leans more toward the comedy, uh, so it's a little bit more balanced that, or you know, overbalanced toward the comedy side. But when it does the the horror, it, it can do it right. I mean, that scene in the dorm room where the boyfriend, like Nick, is sitting there doing that stupid dance with the light strobing or whatever, and then the the creepy babyface killer pops out of nowhere and kills him. You yeah, know, several, by stabbing him several times. That was well done. That was, I mean, you'll that's what you see in a slasher movie. So, um. Um, and so it just depends on the movie whether they get the both the horror and the comedy right. Return of the Living Dead's another one that does both of them right. Like I mean, I'll I'll straight up say it that Tarman Zombie scarred me for fucking years. Uh, but that movie's pretty fucking funny when you go back and watch it now. I mean, and you don't not you don't really focus on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, anything you want to cover uh, rem- on this one before we move on to trivia and kind of move on to the second movie because this will be a, kind of a short episode. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually genuinely shocked. I I mean I. We hit everything. It's just, it's it's weird that a movie's so good we're not, like, ranting on hours about, but it's like, well, it's almost like, hey, you need to, you need to fucking go see this movie. Yeah, well, that and the fact that part two ties in so close to part so one. So good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's that. like, and because I watched them so close together, it's like, it's exact. they, it's like it's just you woke up the next day and we started this all over again. Yep, and... I think that's what hurt it when it was in the movie theaters talking about part two Yeah, is the fact that there was a two years removed between them and the people who went to see it, I don't think refreshed themselves on the movie Uh. and and the people who went and saw it for the first time who had never seen the first movie, didn't know what they were fucking getting into. And you have to see the first movie to, to appreciate part two. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the next day and then it goes back to the, and it goes to a whole another dimension taking place on the same day that the first movie did. Yeah. Uh, trivia for this one, according to Christopher uh, Landon, the director, uh, Tree Gelbman's punchline, who takes their first date to Subway, it's not like you have a foot long, was actually improvised on the spot by <gasps> Jessica Roth. That whore. <laughs> wow. And, like, his face, so I'm going to guess his, his face was genuine. I'm hoping it was. I mean, I hope that was a first take, and he was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, I mean, that was that was rude. That was uh, the Bay. <laughs> the Bayfield University baby killer costume was designed by Tony Gardner, who also des- designed the ghost face mask. Oh wow! So is this so, just like is this like a baby face you could just buy in fucking you know Spirit Halloween? It didn't say that. Okay. But I'm. I, I feel like if they would have got a third movie out of this, it would have been. Like, okay. I mean, and it's not ruled out that they won't do a third one. It's just it's not looking too good right now. Uh, the scene where Tree walks through the campus quad naked had to be done quickly, given that it was being filmed on an active college campus. Oh, God. This presented the risk of students witnessing the scene being filmed and or taking photos. The crew took extreme precautions to clear away any potential onlookers, and in the end, they managed to do it in just two to three takes. Okay. Question. <laughs> There are so many ways you could. We didn't see a goddamn thing. We saw a little bit of butt crack. We saw her back. Yeah. Not even any side boob. Maybe we saw a little cleave. So you got you saw a little bit of cleavage because I think that she's. Uh, it started like she had her hand there, and I think whenever it cut away, right as she threw her hands out to like just let them flop around. So. But. I, I, I'm glad they took precautions, but you could have you could have filmed this with a cover. 
You could have filmed it with pasties. You could have filmed it, you know. Yeah, they could have, but apparently they didn't. Okay, get it, girl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Jessica was like, all right, cool, whatever it takes. An active college campus, was it like during the summer? Like, how do you feel? I feel like it was. It had to have been, but even then there's summer classes going on. How the fuck? Okay, whatever, pop off. Uh, Christopher Landon tested uh, wearing the option of a baby mask for the kill in the office and scared a worker confirming his choice. So basically what this says is that he wanted to see if the baby mask for the killer would work. He put it on his office and he actually scared one of his workers there. Yep. And he was like, all right, that works. It does have like a creepy like dead stare to it. It is, yeah. I mean, just like it worked, like I said, in uh, Valentine. And it's not the same mask by any means. That's a cherub angel, but still, it is creepy. Um, also, you can buy this mask on Amazon for a whopping twenty one ninety eight. It is available, and it is made by a Chroma Cast, which is not. I was expecting to see like rubies, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, when asked why a baby mask, Christopher Landon says he needed a combination of something that would pass for a mascot on a college campus that was both scary and funny at the same time. Plus, he was expecting a son at the time, so he had baby on the brain. Oh, my God. That's okay. <laughs> uh, that's it for that first uh, movie. If you want to roll into the second one, we'll just make this a pretty short episode. Holy shit. Okay. Um, did you want me to roll into the... Oh, wait a minute. Let's do Death Holler Awards first. Oh, yes. Holy fuck. Okay, I'll have to edit this. Uh, uh, Well, no, it's fine. Uh, Final Girl. uh, Tree's my favorite. Like, she she has a character growth no other Final Girl ever gets to have, period. Yeah, I mean, there... uh, (laughs) She rapidly hit, like, top of the list for Final Girls. She... She is one of those people that's real. I mean, like they're like every emotion that she goes through in this movie is earned. Oh, like, it is, and like she didn't. She wasn't a Mary Sue, which is great. It wasn't until she had to have somebody help her realize, "Holy crap, you're gonna live again!" So you have the option to figure this out, and that's where she literally got the confidence. She's walking around the campus naked, but that's where she literally got the confidence to be like, "Okay." If I die, I'm going to wake up. I can figure this out. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when she gets the gun off of the security guard, goes to fire it, and it's still got the yeah. uh, safety on. Yes. And then Toombs calls her out on it. It's like, stupid bitch. You yeah. Know, still has the safety. Next time she comes back, she blasts his ass, and she's like, safety's off, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, safety's I mean, off, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, that's what you want in a character. She yes. had the, she, she had the growth you needed as a character. She learned. I feel like I would be so shaky. It would be like, okay, like I kind of know what to expect and you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to pop out, when it's going to pop out, et cetera. You know? So I would still be kind of nervous. Like I wouldn't, she, she, she did good, you know? Yeah, I, uh, like I said, she there she hit everything that makes a good final girl plus the fact that I mean, she you see an actual like I mean a person that you can't even stand to begin with and she becomes like a true hero by the end of the I mean especially by the end of the second movie. So. Yeah. 
uh, slashers. John Toomes is okay. He's yeah. the creepy guy that you kind of expect a slasher to be. Lori's interesting. She's uh, she's actually a pretty cool slasher in the sense that it comes out of nowhere whenever you find out who that it's her. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, you get the vibes that that she does. But even at times, whenever there's times this movie where even though she hates. A tree enough to poison her with a cupcake she's legitimately legitimately asking her she's like are you okay like i mean yeah. like she's concerned because that's when tree's like freaking out because this is like her second day through this you know and like and and she asked her like she cares about her you know yeah you know what's funny is that even Lori's so fucking crazy she's definitely got some psycho shit in her well obviously she's trying to kill someone but like Tree is like, oh, my God, someone's trying to kill me. Someone's trying to kill me. And she's like, no, no one's trying to kill you. Like, doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even start sweating bullets there. Like, nobody reacts to anything, you know? Yeah, like that Stone Cold killer that, I mean, you always hear about from serial killers. But, like, I mean, she embodies it. Yeah. You know? uh, and she has to care about people to some extent or she wouldn't be going. I mean, she's a nursing student. Yeah. She wouldn't have made it that far. I mean, <sighs> it's she's. She's an interesting uh, killer. I mean, Tombs is pretty standard. I mean, kudos to the guy for looking like some crack addict that they got off the street. You yeah. Know, but but Lori is is interesting for what she is. Yeah. Uh, best kill to me, it, I like the broken bong. Like, it just fits like the old school slashers that, you know, like you're doing drugs, you're going to die because of it, and we're going to use your bong to kill you, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But the car explosion was fucking rad. Car like, explosion. they did good with that. Yeah, I liked her response to it. <laughs> she was just like, like, not what the fuck. I forgot exactly what she said. Like, it was basically along the lines of, oh, my God, but it was something better. And it was like, up oh, here it comes, you know? Yeah, like she knew that she had no chance. But so just, you know, and the, and the way that they, and I get to this in the second here with one of the awards, the transition scene they did for that where she wakes up, but you see the fire still in her, like, iris or whatever yes. when she wakes up. I was, was tra- yeah, I was wondering how she was going to wake up. I was like, are we going to have smoke coming out of her ears or, like, coughing up smoke or, you know, but the eyes, yes, that was awesome. Uh, best or is there any kill in the movie that you appreciate more than that? Lori's is a pretty good one. She just head explodes like when it hits pavement. Yeah, like, I mean that was a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with your. It's 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 a pretty weak. I'm gonna be real honest with you. One of my it's stuck in my head. I don't know why I enjoyed this so much, but it was the knife going through the door. You didn't see anything. You just saw the knife going through the door, and you knew oh, it was that over. That's true. Yeah, and then she looks down and she's like, "Fuck." Yeah, and then, like you know, she slides to the side. Yeah, that was a good one. I uh, like for, that one. I mean, even though it was like not, you know, splashy or no, anything yeah. fancy to look at. Uh, best scream, it's Emily. That's the reason I included her, the Asian student outside the sorority house, because oh, yeah. when Lori explodes in front of her, she has the best scream in the movie. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't blame her. No, I mean, if you saw that when you were just enjoying your Asian pop music or whatever she's listening to, she could have been, I'll, I'll, I'll roll that back. I'll, I'll give her credit. She might have been listening to death metal for all we know. Yeah, let's we don't not, know. Let's not paint any stereotypes here. She could have been, you know, uh, just she could have been listening to Metallica or something. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, um, best transition from death to Carter's bedroom. To me, it's after the baseball bat's death because when she gets knocked in the head, oh, yeah. she slow falls over right onto her pillow and then wakes up. I, I love that. I, yeah. Really transition. That was an amazing transition. I can't dispute that. I, I can't think of anything now that you've said that 
I'm trying to think of what I was thinking before, though. And that, because they were all pretty much the same. It was just her waking up and, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, I mean, the like water instantly. one was funny, but no, by far the best one was definitely getting bonked in the head. It's just a slow roll over, and then she just, and it's like right onto the pillow, and right next day, yeah, know, ready to go. Uh, best tree bitch face is to me the first time that she hears Ryan color the fine vagina. I I hope I never see that look from somebody in real life. Like yeah. she gives the death stare to Carter in that scene. Like really, this fucking shit. You know, it's like okay. <laughs> I would I would say that it was when she told uh, what's his name that he didn't have a foot long. Holy shit! Well, that, that's a that's a pretty good bitch face too because it that's a cocky bitch face. Yeah, that's she's looking at him. She's like, um, you didn't have one I needed, you know. And then she just walk, moves on. You like, know, bitch. Do you see how small you are? Do you see how small your hips are? You couldn't handle a foot long <laughs> if you had one. So what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, we got fucking deep dish vagina over here. <laughs> hey, I mean, we don't know what, I mean, her life spiraled before this. She could have been getting all kinds of, you know, gargantuan dick before this. Ugh. Who knows? I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't give best boobs, but I'll give best ass because, uh, you know, Tree and that manic march across the campus. Oh, yeah. So, you know. I'll give I'll give Jessica Roth her due for her ass. She she puts some effort into she it. She does not have flat cakes for sure. I think she it looks even better when she's actually in the pants and the heels. Uh, it looks even better in the second movie. In that uh, there's a montage of her killing herself over and over again. She's in a bikini that is very small in one of the Whoa. scenes, and she looks it looks pretty good in it. Okay, not say. too bad for a white girl. Get it, girl. <laughs> Uh, best side character. Now this is dispute. You can you tell me which one you think. I can go either way with this. Uh, given one of the two of these, the Franklin Award. To be honest with you, either Ryan or Danielle as the best side character. Mm, it's gonna be Ryan for me. I, I kind of want to lean toward Ryan, but I feel like he gets more. Well, he he kind of leans more toward the Franklin role in the second movie. To be honest, because yeah. he's a little too annoying. So yeah, we'll give it to him on this one because he turns into the Franklin in the next movie. Yeah. And Danielle kind of reverses that in the next movie, and I kind of like her character in that one, even oh, though nice. she's still a bitch. Dude, so. I can't wait to fucking finish it. <laughs> uh, the Franklin Award in this one, uh, it could be either one of those two, but also if we want to throw in Lori because she she's kind of a – I mean, we get the reason why. I mean, she lived with Trey all those, or Tree all those years. I mean, there's – there's a reason, but Lori is kind of a bitch at times for no reason whatsoever, even when Tree's trying to be nice to her yeah. before the end. Well, she's definitely built up fucking a uh, thick the, layer uh, of yeah. I don't give a fuck because fucking Tree. Not only because it sucks because it sucks when there's somebody that's prettier than you and they're a bitch. Like they come off nice to people or they come off so amazing. And then you're like, why do you think they're amazing? And then it's like, you know. I don't know. I, I've definitely felt that way before. I think we all have, you know? Well, and she was also, it was, it, to her, she was getting, she got everything that Lori wanted so easily. Like that, that yeah. professor just, professor was like, you wrapped around Tree's finger, like, and that's all Lori wanted, you know, and, and or thought she did. Uh, she learns in the second movie that's not what she wanted in life, but that's a whole other discussion. Um uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? Tree is the Doom Prophet. She's the only one that's living this day, so yeah. she's the only one that knows there's a killer. Uh, she's not uh, annoying. Not whatsoever. I yeah. mean, she's she's trying to solve the problem proactively. In fact, Got a little the, list down, and she's 
crossing names off of it. Oh, yeah. The one the thing only... that could have made her annoying, I think, would be when she was talking to the cop and she was if she had just rattled off her story. But instead, she decided to do the opposite and say or make herself look crazy so that she can get arrested and get saved. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like. There you go. Because oftentimes we're just like, you know what? Let's just tell the truth. They're totally going to believe us if we're just reasonable and we let them know, <laughs> hey, I need help. Uh, you know, this uh, poltergeist is chasing me and um, it keeps sticking its poltergeist fingers up my ass. And I'm not lying and I'm definitely not on any drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she straight up, she's like, well, she doesn't even tell him the truth in that. She he's just like, are you on drugs? Oh and yeah. She's like, yes, yes, yes. I've taken all the drugs. Please arrest me. You know, like <laughs> all she of them right even. now. <laughs> <laughs> the one dumb part in this movie, and this is a dumbest moment. I feel like there's a the, the one that I got in here is the actual best dumbest moment. But dumb as far as the logic in the movie goes, uh, is that Trey Tree marks off Danielle as a possible killer whenever Tree is killed by when they're both killed by that bus. Yeah. But that bus, that doesn't resolve anything. That doesn't prove that Danielle's not the killer whenever they both die. Like They I just mean, both died at the same time. They both died at the same time. So that's like a lapse in logic in the movie makers. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's dumbest as far as meta commentary. As far as the character goes, when Tree first investigates that music box in oh, the yeah. tunnel, after she knows that somebody's following behind her, that's fucking dumb. So... She gets smarter though, so that's why she's my favorite because she learns from her mistakes. But yeah, well, she had to keep making them because my dumbest moment would be when she locked herself in the bedroom without checking every nook and cranny of her fucking bedroom. Well, there's that, and of course, that was probably Lori that did that at that moment in time. Like we don't like I yeah. didn't have on there which killer did what, but I mean, it was Lori's bedroom too, so she was probably the one in there at that moment. That makes sense. Fuck you. Don't bring logic <laughs> into my explanation. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the next one. Let's go ahead and play that uh, intro again. Let's do it. Yeah. 